When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. We are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. Almost the whole crew here as uh, Josh joins us as he's getting ready for another trip back to Oklahoma for uh, Oklahoma's Elite Camps coming up this weekend. Uh, Eddie Radosevich joins us uh, with his perfect vision. And uh, Bob Prisbillo is out. Got some family stuff going on today. Uh, so we'll get him back uh, next week. But Josh rejoices because no basketball talk today. Um with the uh, in- exclusion of Bob. So uh, we do have, next. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say next week could be very basketball heavy because I know that Bob's been talking about going out to Porter Moser's team camps and stuff over the weekend. Ooh. So it's pretty, uh, pretty team based team centric here over the next couple. Has days anyone ever tr- entered the portal from a team camp before? I don't know. I hope it happens though. Can I not work because of COVID symptoms if I'm at remote on a podcast, or does that not work the same for me? Well, you'll need to find another slant. COVID's been over for a while. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. It was, uh, it's been crazy here in Oklahoma today. Josh is not here, and somehow it is pouring rain. Uh, I think, Eddie, the loudest, most sustained thunder I've ever heard in my entire life this morning. It's been a pretty loud morning around these parts. I don't know if you like saw like around, I don't know, it was like seven. It was during the show, but like out in Clinton is basically like a, it's a lake. Clinton has turned into a lake. This wow. Time. I can see it. I mean, I, even for Norman standards, Carrie, I don't know if you saw like the uh, Main Street area over there by that CC's, like the Whole Foods and stuff. I mean, not Whole Foods, but uh, Sprouts. It is like that entire intersection. Uh, what would that be? Just east, like right before, just to the west of downtown. Barry, Barry and, and Maine. Yeah. Like completely underwater. Actually, that's flood in Maine, which is yeah, just perfect to the, sense. Just to the east of there. A lot of cars in standing water, like stuck. Not as much like cars. Just like like the fire department is like completely blocked the road down. It's like it's. Uh, I, I retweeted the picture. One of the channel twenty uh, Fox twenty five reporters was out there this morning. It's like even the up into like right in front of Firestone there. That entire. Uh, Area. Parking lot area yeah. is just completely underwater. So even for Norman standards, it's pretty bad flooding. Yeah, that's uh, that's where it floods in Norman, too. That, that's um, when you know it's bad. Like, when Norman is, like, even for Norman standards, like, because it'll flood just for, like, a sprinkle. But right. when we get this type of rain, it, it gets really bad over that way. So uh, we, uh, we, we've got stick and ball season, as, uh, as uh, people are calling it now. I don't know when it became stick and ball season um, or stick and ball sports. 
But uh, I don't think I adopt that. I think I think it's probably the most excited I've seen the fan base about OU baseball in quite some time, young Edward. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, getting to a super regional for the first time since 2013, they're playing really well. I mean, I, you know, I, they go up to Blacksburg this weekend and I think that, you know, there's going to be some people picking them. I know uh, Kendall Rogers has been really high on Oklahoma. Uh, we talked about it last week, getting to uh, maybe a possibly, you know, not, not just Omaha, but getting to a national championship series. Uh, if they, if you look at what they've done over the last month, month and a half, maybe even two months in winning, uh, the five series that they did at the end of the year, pushing for the Big 12 regular season title and then obviously winning the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and then, you know, kind of the comeback that they had to put together down in uh, Gainesville in that final game after the rain delay. They're playing really good baseball, man. They're playing extremely good baseball. Peyton Graham is probably playing about as good as I can remember one player playing. Uh, I don't know. I, d I don't want to say like in a decade because I know that wipes out a lot of people, but... He's playing at an All-American status. Considering Still Walker just had his first home run and hit in Major League Baseball yesterday. Yeah, which is awesome because I think Steele, like, I always enjoyed talking to him. He's he's a really cool guy. Uh, and that's kind of a really cool story with him growing up and then, you know, prosper in the DFW area and playing for the hometown team. But uh, they're really good, man. Like, OU's really, really good right now. And uh, if they can continue to get the type of pitching that they've gotten, I think uh, during the postseason – They've uh, combined to go, it's like a 3-1-3 ERA in 72 innings, 84 strikeouts, 16 walks. They've just, they've been extremely good, and especially that starting rotation of Jake Bennett. Uh, David Samlin's been really good in his last three, four starts. And then the last two starts for Kate Horton has been a little bit of a glimpse of why people think he could be a first-round draft pick. Uh, when it's all said and, and then done, so. and then Pettis, you know, breaking through and I mean, just playing yeah. the way he did has been fantastic. I mean, it's, it's incredible that a nine hole got the most outstanding player uh, in the Gainesville regional. I mean, as good as Peyton Graham was uh, up and down the lineup, this is probably about as good and as complete of a lineup that Oklahoma has put out in uh, quite a while. So it's going to be kind of fun over this weekend to see what they can do in Virginia. And, uh, you know, if if they're able to. Uh, Make a push and get to Omaha. It'd certainly be even more of a special year than it already has been. But you know, just getting it's a, to where they are a, after those first couple weeks, Carrie. It's like I know people were really upset, but you know, we kind of continued to bang the drum. It's like they can just get a couple things worked out. They're close, and I think it's all kind of come together. Well, they're. I mean, the pitching staff is throwing strikes now too, which is uh, always important, as we saw from the Oklahoma State Arkansas series. I mean, when you're hitting yeah. batters left and right, and you're getting guys, especially leadoff guys on base. I mean, that's just a killer in regional play. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, I think, you know, just noticing this team, being a former baseball guy, like, you get into, you know, postseason stuff, and, uh, like, everybody kind of catches fire. It just kind of becomes a thing. Like, it's hard to explain, and it's like, like you know, I, I everything that you go through in the season kind of leads up and builds up to this, this postseason thing. And then you see stuff like Pettis and, uh, you see, you know, some of the, the guys get hot, um, Spikerton, you know, doing really good things. I, I think, you know, you were talking to us about like kind of the, the, the path that his season has been on and how yep. he's really playing well here at the end. And, and nobody saw that coming. Um, especially the home runs, but it was just like, there was so much momentum built uh, and it was so impressive what they were doing. And then Florida brings in this guy that throws 65 miles an hour. And it just like 
brings everything to a halt, grinds everything to a halt. And it was just like, God, this is just so like, how, how did this happen all of a sudden? Like, I understand how it happens because I remember there was this really big Legion team. Uh, it was before like Josh will probably remember this name, Todd Van Poppel. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was oh, Arl- that name. Arlington Travelers he played for. But it, it, but there was Arlington Travelers, and then there was the Dallas Police Association. And we played Dallas Police Association and Burke Burnett one year. And we were so excited to play them, and, like, they had all these big arms. And uh, we we're like, I can't wait to face, you know, 90 miles an hour and see what it's like. And uh, so we get there, and the day we play them, they throw a junk baller. Uh, and he's out there talking shit, and we're all popping up. And, and none of us can wait on it. And it's like, we're just, we're over swinging and we're not waiting. And, it, and it's like, we just had a terrible day. And the guy is talking shit. Uh, and we're, we're, we're talking shit back and call him a junker. And he's like, well, hit it then. You can't hit it. Uh, and it's like, sometimes you face that kind of thing. I know exactly what they were going through. It's just like, it's so frustrating because it's like, we're built to be this awesome offensive machine uh, and they're, you know, we handled 94 miles an hour like it's nothing. And now you bring this guy in here throwing 65 to 75 and we don't know what to do. It's like, it's like they, it's, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like it just, it was so frustrating to watch, but I know it was more frustrating. It's kind of like the, the first baseman for Oklahoma state. Like, you know, she's just getting dragged by everybody, but I, I know what that's like, man, to have a play like that. It just ruins an entire game, and that and being on that stage, it's just I feel so bad, you know, in in those situations, just because I know what that's like to go through some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, quick right. note, just to interrupt the baseball and, and let me have a moment to you know speak of anything I know about. Carrie, uh, you brought up Todd Van Poppel. You know, his kid is a fairly highly rated recruit in twenty twenty three football. Really? Yeah, uh, uh, Riley Van Poppel is a defensive lineman from Argyle. They're just over by Denton, so. Oh, he was uh, down got, at the uh, one of uh-huh. the camps we were at, wasn't he? Yeah, that's that's Todd's kid. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and he's, I mean, like not elite elite, but like TCU, Nebraska. I mean, he's got good offers. He's a good player. That's why I okay. I remember like I I when Kerry said that name, I you know I I think I said aloud like I remember that name, and that's exactly I, you pointed him out to me down in uh, Colleyville. I remember that. Oh, I mean, he's a big kid he, too. He's like six four six. Oh, his five, dad was huge. I mean, yeah, he's like six five two seventy. He's a big kid. Um, yeah, I, you know, and, and like for my prospecting knows no sport bounds. Like I am always like I love like you Todd love Van phenoms in any sport. hundred yes, percent. And so I remember Todd Van Poppel being because he was supposed to go to the Braves and he wouldn't go, and so he ended up with the A's. Like it was a whole thing. But, uh, you know, and it's funny to think in that context now. Like, I don't want to go play for the Braves. rather be with the Athletics. Like, how I want how to say his most changed. extensive MLB experience was with the Rangers. I think that's right. Because I, I, I want to say he had a couple years there where, I mean, he never lived up to the hype. No, but, like, no. I want to say he had a few years there where he was, you know, he was okay. Yeah, I mean, they're just, there's a handful of those guys, especially in this region, when you... You hear about those guys, you know, you always remember that Blanchard had a guy named Ronnie Walden when I was in school that we faced at the Moore tournament, and he was unbelievable. He was like the third pick of the draft or something like that by the Dodgers, I remember. It's crazy. Um, There's nothing that made me feel more old than realizing that uh, Matt Holliday's kid's going to be a top five draft pick this year. (laughs) 
Like he's supposed to, he's he's supposed to be one of the either one or two uh, high school kids coming out this year. I Eddie, his two five. his two best years were with the Chicago Cubs. Todd Van Poppel. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's he true. Had two years. Uh, he had two only two years. Looks like in his career where he had a sub four ERA. Well, he was two. He was two fifty two for the Cubs in two thousand one with seventy five innings. I mean. Through a little Crazy. bit, that's that's pretty solid. Two thousand one team wasn't bad either, and that was ten years into his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the yeah. There's, I mean, he was pure bullpen then. Uh, yeah, he started a couple of games for Chicago in two thousand, but I bet it was a lot like now with the the you know not like a true starter. He's trying to get three or four innings, and then somebody else comes in before that became a popular practice. Sure. So, uh, Blacksburg Regional, moving on. Uh, yeah. Friday, just, just Saturday, kind of Sunday, up. right? The what? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? That series? Yeah, they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday at 2, Saturday at 11, and then uh, TBA or TBD to uh, the IF game going into Sunday. I would imagine it's going to, if they play that game, it would probably be Sunday afternoon, early Sunday afternoon. But Are they going out yeah. today, like this evening? Yeah, yeah, they're leaving this afternoon. Okay. Uh, this yeah. afternoon being Wednesday, so... Eddie's actually uh, headed down to Norman after the pod to go. They're going to have yeah. some media. Yeah, they're having media this afternoon before they get on the bus to uh, head up to the airport. But yeah, like the, you know, just kind of put a bow on the Gainesville uh, regional. It's just kind of a continuation of everything that they've done this year. Uh, you know, Spikerman makes the air, then he comes back from the rain delay and starts the eighth inning with a uh, double that, you know, I. I think it's one of those things that they've gotten contributions from those freshmen, wh- whether it be Wallace Clark or Jackson Nicholas. Uh, you know, all season. And then you kind of rely on, you know, the the the, uh, the veteran guys in that group as far as like Pet, uh, Peyton Graham or a Tanner Treadway, Blake Robertson. And they've been able to really do a good job of manufacturing runs. They've started to hit for power a little bit, which was, I think, a big question mark at the beginning of the season was like, who's going to be the guy that can, uh, you know, go get big hits when they need them. And Peyton Graham's been that guy for them. Uh, and, you know, I think that more than anything, over the last month and a half, two months, when they've been playing at this high level, it's been a different guy every time they go out there, whether it be a Kendall Pettis or Treadaway or Peyton Graham or Blake Robertson. Uh, you know, it, it's been or, – or Wallace Clark. It, it's been somebody different every week, it seems like. And I think that's why uh, there's a lot of people that feel like they can make a run at this and go make some noise, uh, not just in Blacksburg, but maybe up in Omaha if they were able to get there. So – Got to continue pitching well. Got to continue playing clean baseball in a way. But there's no doubt. I mean, you look at what they've done here over the last couple months, and it tracks from even if you want to go all the way back to the Bedlam series when they lost in dramatic fashion up in Stillwater on that Saturday night. Uh, you know, they came back, lost the Sunday game, and then they went on a run. I think they're up to like, it's like 25 and 10, 26 and 10, something like that uh, since then. And then, you know, obviously here on the back end since the last series, they're 7-1 in the postseason technically. And then, uh, you know, I guess they've won, what, 11 of 13 going back to the uh, Tech series in the final series of the year. So playing really good baseball. It's cool. I love Skip. I think, it, you know, I know that there was a lot of people upset with him at the beginning of the year, but I think it's uh, kind of all come together. And, you know, I, I think that Reggie Willis has played a big part of it as well, uh, just getting him in the program and, it's kind of started to pay off in the recruiting world, too. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but they uh, picked up a uh, guy from the transfer portal from Baylor, Kyle Nevin, 
his dad, Phil Nevin, who's now the interim manager for the Los Angeles Angels, who coached with Reggie with the, at the Yankees the last three years. So kind of a small world type deal. But yeah, next year they'll have three big league, uh, former big leaguer sons, kind of name guys too, Phil Nevin and Mark McGuire. So both McGuire. A lot of. Here. And Kyle Nevin, who played. I mean, he had a really good season for uh, Baylor. He was all Big 12 honorable mention as a sophomore hit, like just over 300. Had a really good weekend when he came up to Norman. So uh, it's a really good add to uh, next year's team who's already going to be turning quite a bit. Josh, have you ever heard Eddie be a freight train of information about anything else besides uh, baseball just now? Like, that's why I was laughing. Well, it's I, like, I, I, it was like, it was, that's why I was laughing. It was like you were an unstoppable force of baseball information right there. I have, Eddie, uh, it I felt like me talking oh, recruiting. I don't want people to have to <laughs> Google it, Gary. I mean, uh, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what they're not going to have to Google is early early 90s baseball prospects because we've had Todd Van Poppel. We've had Phil Nevin. I mean, you know, for people out there may not remember, Phil Nevin was the number one overall pick a long time ago. He was a huge a deal. very familiar name for me, yeah. Uh-huh, for, for the Astros. I think in 92, 93, something like that. So he he was a big deal. He's interim manager after the Joe Madden stuff yesterday. Well, then you got A.J. Well, Hinch that's been one of the most prolific managers in major leagues. It's yeah, like seven degrees I mean, of separation yeah. with him being an Oklahoman. And the same the same day, right? Like that the the Madden yeah. Nevin news came out yesterday morning and then he announced that the kind of mid morning yesterday, maybe afternoon. Yeah. So that yeah. was a lot, lot of news in the Nevin family yesterday. One that one thing I wanted to talk about about the and like we we all believe that OU was deserving of a regional. They proved it by winning a regional that wasn't in Norman. Uh but and, and I never want to like talk down to fans, and I try never to do that. But I'll make an exception for the Florida fan base. Uh, I I don't know how it became such a big deal about Nicholas the, to the point where they were booing him a day later. Like I just have to believe that those idiots showed up. They had no idea what Nicholas had done or didn't do, but they just heard other people booing. So they decided they needed to boo too. But that was one of the most maddening things that I've ever seen in sports is for them to make that big of a deal out of a guy that essentially, I mean, I was a catcher. If I'm ever in that situation and a guy doesn't get out of my way, I knock the shit out of him and I go get the ball. Like it baffles me that that catcher was, would allow a runner to impede him from getting to a, a, a wild pitch. Like it just yeah. shouldn't happen. It's like, it, I don't know how it was Nicholas's fault. Uh, you know, I mean, sure. It, I, I mean, you could say that, yeah, he, he did a little dance with him and uh, maybe was a, 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 a little bit of an obstacle to get there. But to make him the entire focus of your hate for a season, like right. your pitcher bucked the guy over to third base in the first place. And then your pitcher threw a wild pitch to allow him to score. So how is this Nicholas's fault to the point that you have to boo him every time he comes to the plate? It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen from a fan. There base. was a lot of things that were at play there. A, I talked to people that were down in Gainesville. They said that the Florida fans were about as insufferable as they've ever been a part of. And we're, this is including like trips to Baton Rouge. This is including wow. trips to a lot of different like hostile environments. Uh the other part of that is, and I think that this has played into Oklahoma's hands a little bit, just as far as like, I think this helps them be that kind of team. I, they're kind of like a little bit of a, 
I, I don't want to say unlikable bunch, but I they kind they're kind of cocky. They like Peyton Graham isn't like the most talkative person in the entire world, but you know after he hit that home run and he kind of smiles at the Florida dugout, he just kind of has this like yeah. Like kind of shit eating, like. Well, no. Here's what. Here's what it is. When you're when you're him, and it's good thing. Here's what it is. When you're a guy that looks the way he looks, sure. uh, and you're a meathead on the other team, like that is getting beat by some skinny, you know, pencil neck geek looking guy. Like kind of looks like Yelich. I think the no, that the was guys, a great uh, comparison that they made. He looks like Yelich. I mean, that was a, for OU fans. I'm sorry you had to sit through that announcing team too. It was brutal. I had I had Toby on the entire time. I, I it's a little bit of a delay, but I can live with it. Yeah, it was just awful. Um, I actually so what I Terry would, wasn't loyal to Toby is what we've heard. No, I so, I just Toby, don't have a, I don't have a radio. Um, <laughs> even though I do radio for a living. What I would do, what I would do is I would have it on ESPN Plus, which was faster than it was on cable. Yeah. And so, if anything, I, I would watch in silence. And then, if something good happened, I would turn on the volume on the re on the replay on the TV, because that was the only time that was worth watching if something good happened. Because otherwise, it just drove you crazy to hear them do the uh, University of Florida broadcast version of the regional, because that's uh-huh. what it was. So guys, yeah. I remember that uh, Delucci guy a little bit when he was playing. T- talking about Peyton Graham, like I'm a big, um, I like, I don't. Momentum's a simple way to put it, but like, I like the team of destiny thing. Like things seem to work out for certain teams in the right years. Like you know, maybe they're not the most talented, but they got the right hit at the right time. Or I, I think there's something to that, and maybe it's just you know the players start to. Hey man, we're gonna find a way. We're gonna do something here. That's the way that home run for Peyton Graham felt for me. Because when they when Florida scored that run, I thought it's over. Like there, there's yeah. no way this is gonna happen in this short order. And then in one swing, they tie it. I literally go to put the girls down. I come back. I'm like, holy hell, it's five to three. What happened? Yeah. And so like I had to rewind and kind of go back and watch it. But it, it I mean, like there's something about this team that just seems. And again, I don't know. I, I won't even pretend I've watched as much as either of you. Like I, we all know, I haven't. But when I do get a chance to watch them, it just seems like the right opportunities. They seem to answer the bell again and again and again. And there's there's something to that when you watch these teams that surprise people in you know in Omaha in the Super Regional stuff like that. There's a couple teams every year that they just get hot at the right time, and I think baseball is mm. probably. It, it plays a bigger role in baseball and maybe even softball in a way. And it's like, in a in kind of like an outside way, they kind of mirror what Texas softball team has done as far as being shunned of a regional. And you go and put your, basically your head down and you go take care of business on the road. And that's what, you know, the Texas softball team has done a little bit. And OU baseball's done that in their own regard as far as it's kind of just a special group, the way that they they, they find ways to answer every time. Uh, you know, it, the the crazy thing about it is, is they've trailed in every game of the Gainesville Regional. Every single one of them. They found a way uh, to kind of pick themselves up off the floor. And, you know, three, four runs really isn't that much for them. Uh, they're able to find ways. And, you know, obviously the Texas softball team took, took advantage of an error in the game and all that kind of stuff. But you still got to go out and do it to a certain extent. 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about softball before we get into recruiting and Josh's recent trip and his trip coming up tomorrow. But uh, also, uh, remember, Father's Day is almost here. Uh, and where do you need to go for Father's Day? We've got your one-stop shop. That's deadsoxy.com. They have the perfect gift for any budget. Uh, and this is not like, you know, getting socks normally. Th- these are awesome socks. Uh, your father would love some no-shows. Uh, my dad, you know, could wear them on his with his Stan Smiths that he's got boxes and boxes of to replace uh, the previous pairs. Uh, so whether you're, it's a gift or if you want to buy for yourself, uh, we got a really good deal for you. Dead Soxy, excited to help you celebrate with style. Go to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Take advantage of site-wide 35% off. Uh, stock up on a gift your feet will thank you for time and again. Visit deadsoxy.com. Use promo code SCOOP for 35% off your entire order. Uh, and Dead Soxy wants to wish all of you dads a happy Father's Day out there uh, and re- wants to remind you, as always, to stay soxy. All right. Um, softball. OU is where they're supposed to be. Uh, it was a little surprising that they dropped one to UCLA. We've seen some Jordy Ball, though. Uh, and I, I don't know if... Being a girl dad makes this uh, any more emotional for you, Josh. But just to watch like Jocelyn Allo become a legitimate sport, cross all sports superstar, I think is has been pretty cool this week. It, Carrie, I, ha- I had two feelings. First of all, I've absolutely become more into softball since having girls. My girls don't play softball, or at least haven't yet. So, you know, I, I'm not like that it's not that it's just I, I don't know like i relate to it more or something now do they the watch it with time, you uh sometimes L- laney laney is definitely um more of the she she has some ou fan like her mom will hit her with boomer sooner and stuff and laney's kind of into it so she she watches sometimes we've watched a couple of games like we're you know they kind of watch and then go do whatever they want to do for a little while and then they'll come back in and you know what's the score kind of thing um, but, and usually in the 12 minutes they've been gone, OU scored four runs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, well, I mean, and that's insane. the thing too. It's like, if you're a little kid and, and you are like a little girl, uh, and you are into softball, what's amazing to me is like, if you're a, a little girl and you're a fan of Jocelyn Alo, like she's going to hit a home run at some point. If you just watch for a little bit, like she does not disappoint you. Like, and not that she would disappoint you, but like, she always does something during the course of a game where you're just like, that's Jocelyn Allo. She's just awesome. Like, like I, she she pay, pays off for anyone I, that is a, a fan of hers. I mean, I don't think it's like crazy. I, I don't. I tweeted it on uh, Monday during the second game for her to go four for four. And what basically was an elimination game uh, with two home runs, one of those being a grand slam and seven RBIs. I like I. Is it crazy or over the top to say that was like one of the greatest single game performances in the history of OU athletics? It's not crazy. No, I don't. And I don't like I don't even know what that is comparable to. Like Buddy dropping. What was it? 40, whatever, to clinch a spot in the final four. I know Kansas was a huge game, the triple overtime thing. But Mm -hmm. like they're 57 and three with their backs or 56 and three at the time with their backs up against the wall coming off of a loss. And she's like in the dugout talking about let's run rule these. 
I was going to say <laughs> bitches, but let's, I mean, you know what I mean. It just, it, they're, they're it, incredible. Like, I don't know it, if you guys, really you guys like looked at like the, uh, the game notes that like Patrick Dunn puts out. It's just ridiculous. The stuff that they've done. That no one else as, has ever done. Like, yes. Like this, this team is just, they're insane. And, you know, I think that the, this is the fifth time that they're playing in the championship series in the last six years, uh, the last three years uh, going into it. But they to think that this team is maybe the best that Patty's ever had is truly mind blowing. Uh, I mean, it just it kind of is what it is. And they don't even have their best pitcher at full strength. No, I think that's gone under the radar is like uh-huh. Hope Troutwine. Uh, has gotten in awesome. and, and been so good. And, like, legitimately, you could have made an argument before the tournament, like, this could be a problem for them because sure. they don't have the best pitcher that they could have going into a World Series. So this might prevent them from, you know, getting to the championship series where you look at it now and everybody's like, oh, there's no way that they can't they can't win this. I mean, they've just looked so much better than everybody else, even without Jordy Ball. It, I just don't. Like, almost, I, I keep going back to this idea. Can anybody beat them twice? And I just know. Yeah. Like, can Texas steal a game in the series? Obviously, yeah. I think I think that they can. But if you get the production that they got in that second game against UCLA from Jada Coleman, uh, Tiari Jennings, and uh, Jocelyn, like, they're no, nobody can. No, nobody will even come close. Like, and the fun thing is, there's no run rule in the championship series. I hope they score 30 runs. Oh, no. Well, and now that you know, I mean, assuming Ball didn't have any real problems coming out of that first UCLA game, you know that you can steal four or five innings out of her when you need it? Like, even her at 80% is better than the vast majority of college softball. Like, they are in a better situation because of that game one game than they had any reason to expect to be. I mean, because, you know, I commented on the time a lot of people were mad about it. Like, if there's no way they thought they would get what they got out of her or they would have started her in that game. Like, there would be no reason not to. Um, So, like I said, I I just – it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, Eddie, you talked about the the game notes – What's amazing to me is like the in-game decisions that opposing managers have to take. Like, do we walk Barry Bonds to get to Mark McGuire? Like, I'm like, crap. Like, there's no good. Like, we're going to walk Jocelyn Allo. Okay, cool. You're juicing the bases for Tiari Jennings. Like, I mean, great. Best of luck with that option. Like, there's, there's that top four. That, that's got to be one of the best top four lineups in the history of college softball. There's just no way from Coleman through Jennings, or excuse me, through Lyons, that there is Yeah, Grace Lyons better. has had multiple home run games in this yes. World Series. So. I mean, Tiara Jennings has 54 career home runs, and she's just a sophomore. Yeah. She could play for three more years. That's... Can't, would she get the... No, she didn't get the COVID year, does she? Oh, does she not? I I just figured that she did because she was a freshman. Well, she, last, oh, yeah, I guess not. Yeah, because twenty twenty. Yeah, would have been your. Yeah, she would have been, been a high pass. schooler when when that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she, I mean, two more years still. Oh yeah, it's still insane. Um, oh, and that's I mean, the, she, that's the craziest part about all this is like, 
yeah, they lose like Janet Johns and Jocelyn Allo, obviously, off this year's team. But, I mean, they're just getting better again. I mean, they got the number one hitter and the number one pitcher in the in the country coming in next year. I mean, I know that, like, the board OGs would know that Ogre would be the person to, uh, to mm-hmm. talk about this kind of stuff. But it's not slowing down. They're building a brand-new stadium uh, down there that is only going to get bigger and better as far as, like, recruiting goes and facilities and all that kind of stuff. By the way, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, beating Oklahoma three times. I mean, I, I got to think, if Texas has any chance, they have to win tonight. Because if OU yeah. wins tonight, it's basically over. I mean, yeah, you're not, you've got to play two to, perfect games in order sure. to, to take this thing from row. Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. It, it, it's insane. It's also kind of funny that, like, the three teams that beat them were the other three semifinalists. Yeah. Obviously, Oklahoma State and uh, Texas and then uh, UCLA. I mean, I think I, I'll say this: I thought Oklahoma State was the better team. They just had oh, one of too. the worst mistakes in the history of you know modern day World Cup, World World Series, Women's Monday World Series. Monday was a really bad day for the Oklahoma State. Oh Diamond God! Fan. I mean, like, I know crushing. I know most of our listeners look at that and and laugh. Sure. Uh, I, you know, Eddie and I, because of radio stuff, we try and be more down the middle. Like and and I think we both have a segment of OSU fans that like us and you oh, know if you don't have a if you don't have an OSU buddy and you didn't like text him to give him a little shit like what's the <laughs> battle rivalry even for? Uh, like, I, I texted my buddy yesterday. I was like, I, I heard that you know, I've heard from Josh Holiday and Kenny Gajewski, and they've had a great first day of off season. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> uh, now I will say. Maybe, maybe my new favorite player in college baseball is Rock Ruggio. I love that dude. I could watch him play baseball forever. Just watching him swing and hit, like, I, I, I'm a huge fan. I think he's really good. He, yeah. it, the, the funny part is, is like the Oklahoma fans that hate him and, you know, Arkansas fans, and rightfully so. He brought a lot on himself with how he kind of acted when he was running around the bases and that kind of stuff. But if he was on your team, you would love it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the Draymond Green uh, effect. If or he was on your team, the Baker effect. It. Yeah. It, well, or, yeah, or the this, Baker Mayfield. It, same the same people that are bad, that are bagging him are like, yeah, Peyton Graham, stare at that Florida dugout. Let them know what's going on. Like you can't have that both ways. Like you got to ignore. I mean, like, I guess you can, that, that's kind of the point of being a fan, but like you have to accept if he was yours, you'd, you'd love him. But I get that you hate him because he's not that dude. I, I love all those guys. Baseball needs more personalities, needs more people like that that are not. It, it's not a country club sport. I, I don't know why everybody pretends like it has to be. I hate that crap. All right. So, it, you know, tonight, I think, what, 730? Start yeah, time? game one, game one, 730. Game two, they move up an hour back to 630 on Thursday. And then the, if necessary, game three is back to 7.30. Okay. And it's been good for Oklahoma City. I mean, it's been great seeing, you know, the expanded stadium. Uh, I know, Eddie, you've been out there a little bit. Yeah, I went out there on Saturday. It, like, I think I often forget about it, but, like, just seeing how many people come to Oklahoma City, and kind of like people go to the College World Series in Omaha, but come to Oklahoma City as a destination, uh, not to mention the 600, I think there was 600 uh, fast-pitch teams here in the city area over the last week and a half playing in a tournament. Uh, it's just kind of cool to see like how many people come visit Oklahoma City, specifically 
just to go watch the College World Series. And it's not just, you know, teams that are OU fans or Texas fans or whatever. They're just softball fans in general. So it was a lot of fun. I would recommend anybody trying to go out there, uh, you know, if you don't get out there this year and uh, get to the championship series, get out there at some point. You know, and I think what makes the Women's College World Series special now compared to the the Men's College World Series, it's not just Rosenblatt. Like, the, you know, that used to be such a thing. Uh, and it, it just seems like when they since they built a new stadium, there hasn't been the excitement around men's college baseball uh, that there used to be. But part of that's probably just growing up and growing older. But I think one thing that really adds to the Women's College World Series is that they have their own specific broadcast team. That that's what they specialize in. And they're yeah. really good. I mean, like, uh, I know people have been back and forth on Jessica Mendoza since she's doing Major League Baseball stuff. But, like, their broadcast team is just made for that and you feel like that um you know that 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 really makes it unique and special that it it's basically ESPN has built part of their station around women's college softball and it's it makes it better it makes it more fun to watch it makes it more enjoyable Josh I know you're getting ready to head back up uh and uh big camps coming up so let's talk a little bit about that uh can't wait for you to get on a plane again and Pay for their gas. Um, <laughs> always fun. Uh, taking away from my studio money, gas or airlines. Uh, so uh, let's just talk a little bit. I mean, I, I think we talked a lot about it when you were in town last time. It was very successful first two high school camps for Brent. Uh, and then they had a, a really big recruiting weekend. So I don't know. Do you want to start with, let's, let's start there first. Let's talk about the big recruiting weekend. Uh, scheduled, they were scheduled to have like 26 offers in, uh, on visits. Um, but kind of, and you've put up notes throughout the week on, on what you've heard, but, but just kind of break down for us how the weekend went. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I, I, you know, I, I've been preaching patience the whole time. And then last week when we recorded in the office, I kind of said, Hey, I, I think maybe, you know, something's got to give here. The law of averages just say, Oklahoma's going to get something here, and it didn't happen. So I, I may have set everyone up for disappointment. Now, obviously, they landed the commitment of Keon Brown, who we can get into that in a second. We talked about him and how impressive he was at camp last week. But um, talking to these guys, I mean, I've talked to, of the 25 officials, and there was a couple of other unofficials in uh, Jordan Renaud and Derek LeBlanc, I think I've talked to 20 of the 27, and I mean – Everybody, just strong, strong reviews. Everyone really enjoyed it. Really, I, I think everything just connected in a way that Brent Venables wanted it to. But, again, with with this policy, there are probably three or four guys that might have committed, but they understand if, if they're going to do that, they can't take any more trips and they know the deal. So everybody kind of tapped the brakes. But I can tell you um, – at least three guys I've talked to admitted they considered committing while they were on the trip. So that is that's a Who great starting they? point. I, you know, there there might be one or two that show up in the scoop on Friday. So I mean, there's something to look forward to for everybody out there. If you're not signed up for the scoop, go ahead and get take, get that taken care of. But um, you know, like I said, I you know talk to Anthony Hill. I mean, the the one five star on campus, he loved it. Really, the thing he mentioned um, was getting to spend a lot of time with Curtis Lofton. Um, that's something he talked to me about and really, you know, kind of said, Curtis, it was 
it was some about football and, you know, playing for Brent. And, you know, obviously Curtis knows plenty about that. But also, you know, being, you know, uh, Curtis being one of the directors of the Soul um, Mission Group. I can't remember what that's. Yeah, it's that's just the titled. Soul Mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what that could mean for the players, how they could engage with with just the overall environment of the program and the team and those kind of things. And I, I really think that hit some notes with Anthony Hill. Now, I don't want to mislead anybody. I still think Texas A&M leads. I think that probably has become an insurmountable hill in my, pardon the pun, but, um, oh, you don't pardon anything. You love it. You know, I, I, I wasn't going for it, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, you know, so I, like I said, there, there's work to do, but I mean, if you told me, you know, at come signing day that six or seven of guys from this weekend are part of OU signing class, I, I would say that's probably about right. And it might be higher than that. I mean, there are, there are 10 or 12 guys I think they absolutely have a real shot at. And then a few guys that, you know, maybe something breaks right or something. But it, largely, I'd say about half the, half the group Oklahoma is absolutely a contender with. By the way, I, I think that they should, they should make every recruit that comes in watch Curtis Lofton highlight videos. Because if you just see Curtis now, now like he just looks like a regular everyday Joe a little bit. Super, super nice guy. Dresses well. He's got a lot of money. Uh, you would not know. Like, you need to pull up some like two thousands uh, Missouri footage and just watch him terrorize Chase Daniel. It seemed like he made a he made a job out of making Chase Daniel's life miserable. Yeah, that that Big Twelve championship game. Chase Daniel still thinks about Curtis Lofton like that. There's there's no question. Even that game at home. I think he forced a fumble. Uh, yeah. In that right. game, that was really big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and their defense just dominated Missouri. And that was when they had Jeremy Macklin and uh, Chase Daniel and, and those guys. Like, Brad Smith had his way with Oklahoma, but Chase Daniel never really did. No, that was, I mean, that was, those were really. Is there a guy that gets less credit for what he did than Gary Pinkle? Like, that guy won a lot of games at Missouri, a place that has proven to not be that easy to win at a high level. I mean, he's he's there. I mean, I can't remember the old USC guy was Larry there. Larry Smith. Larry Smith. Like, mm-hmm. I know there was. they had some days before then with, like, was it Dan Devine? Is that where he went after Notre Dame? Is that right? Something I, I like mean, that? they had a little bit of – but, like, to me, Gary Pinkle's probably their greatest coach. Yeah. They never I mean, won a national title or even sniffed one, but I mean they were number one in oh seven when they uh, when oh you sure. beat them in the in the I think so. they, they'd have played for the, one that year. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit uh, of what you know Oklahoma State's gone through here over the last decade. Just the fact that they they were so good for a time, but were never able to get over the hill because Oklahoma was just like that much better in the national setting of everything. I'll never forget uh, they had game day in Norman, and the person that had that one in the stinkle, two in the pinkle sign. <laughs> or was it one in the pinkle, two in the stinkle? I can't remember. No, I think that was it. That was a that was a good year. That would have been the game that Curtis Lofton destroyed their dreams. But no, I just I mean, like I, I I hope that kids know how good Curtis Lofton was and that he's doing this now for the university. Like he's a pretty yeah. damn big deal. Well, well I think any time that you sit down with somebody that played what 13, 14 years in the NFL. And was able to just walk away on his own terms. Sure. Like, and yeah, could have left money on the table for sure. 
uh, on his contract. I, I think that people, you know, that there's certainly a level of respect that for all those soul mission guys that probably, uh, you know, carries to the, the, the current prospective athlete. So, but no, I mean, I, it is going to be really interesting to see, like you said, with the with Hill being so impressed by the Soul Mission and, and sure. how that becomes a weapon for them. And I mean, like outside of that, Josh, you know, like the barbecue and everything. I mean, I would imagine that they those guys were spending a lot of time with the kids, you know. Whereas in the past, it might have been like you know, parents really spending time like with recruiting people and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I what else i guess i should just let you go again like what else was kind of big out of the weekend for you well you know and we talked some about it guys i mean 25 official visitors a couple more big time unofficials that they really want how do you juggle that like how do you make those numbers work and we talked about oh the staff's bigger and i i talked to caden green about it the uh the big time offensive lineman that was in for an official this weekend and caden admitted you know he and his family coming in uh, we're a little concerned, you know, like, are we going to get time to spend with the coaches? Are we going to talk to Brent and ask some of the questions that we have, you know, just some of the things that he wanted to cover. And he goes, I, we were super impressed. Like the way they organized it, the way it ran, we never felt like we got hurried out of a room or we had to move on to something else. Like it was very structured and they had a plan for how they wanted to handle it. And that, that was something that came up a couple of times. Like, yeah, there were a lot of guys there, but we always had somebody with us and showing us around. And obviously, you know, you got players there as well. Um, kind of, you know, handling their duties as hosts and how that works. Although that's, that's minimized in recent years, especially now with so many, you know, the staff getting so much larger. But yeah, you exactly. know, um, I, I think that is, um, that's something OU answered, you know, that there was really a concern even amongst recruits, like how that was going to work and, I, it sounded like it went seamlessly. Um, you know, talking to, like I said, I had a long talk with Caden. I think everything's very good there. I think OU probably still continues to lead. I, I will say I talked to a few people that um, got to spend some time around Jackson Arnold, the the quarterback commitment that, you know, yesterday in the updated rivals ranking rankings has now moved up to the doorstep of a five-star ranking. He, he is one of those guys that, you know, people win – when Jeff Levy offered him early and frankly took him over Jaden Rashada, who's a very talented player himself out of California that has admitted he was close to committing to Oklahoma. Um, when, when OU decided to take Arnold's commitment and not wait for Rashada, a lot of people had doubts and Arnold has just climbed and climbed and climbed the rankings and is, you know, now, uh, you know, a top five, top six quarterback in the country that um you know is actually getting ready to go compete at the elite 11 here before long so there is um I, and to sorry i got a little sidetracked there but uh, talking to a few people that he he hit some good notes with people jackson's kind of a more quiet guy a little more reserved but i get the impression he does that in a way that recruit that other recruits like he's not pushy he's not gonna shove it down you know some guys it's too much you know if frankly a guy that used to hear that about was jeff levy when he was a recruit, was he? He's it's almost too much. Like he he's on me too hard, that kind of stuff. You don't hear that about like Jackson Arnold. Like it's just like yeah, man, he's cool. You can talk to him. You know, if I've got a question or you know something, but you know he'll work a little OU pimping in there for a second. But it's not hard. It's not 
to where the guy's like, I can't even be around that guy because all he wants to do is talk about when I'm going to commit. So you don't get that from him. But yeah, I, you know, like I said, talking to guys, I thought Jacoby Johnson really came away glowing about the visit. He really loved it. Uh, being the only Oklahoma guy, he, he raved about, um, going downtown, uh, the first night there, they went down to Bricktown and they had like a police escort. And so of course he's used to driving down there like all the rest of us have, but he's down there with a police escort and they're, you know, taking them to all the, taking them to dinner and doing all the stuff that they're going to do. And, you know, you could tell he kind of soaked up that moment where it was a little different for him. I'm, I, I asked him if, um, any of his buddies, you know, came to just take pictures as he walked behind the velvet rope, but apparently nobody did. So, um, you know, you know like I said, things- I, Go ahead. One of, well, one of the things that, like, just from being around the camp and stuff uh, last week that, you know, I think that they really tried to put out there was the 18 guys that are former players that are now on the staff and part of the bigger support staff. And I think that that it, it certainly has to help having that many people familiarity with the program and being able to sell the program when you do have the 26 official visitors like they did last week. And like I Something like that, I would imagine you just couldn't pull that off to what you wanted to do uh, if you didn't have an expanded support staff. That's that's just a, one of those further examples of how something like that can kind of come together. Oh, 100%. And, Eddie, you know, I mean, you and I talked a little bit about it at camp, but there is almost like uh, the band's back together feeling in Norman right sure. now where all these guys know each other and there's familiarity and, you know, you had – Guys, there's a that, freshness you know, about it. It's it's yep, not like a you're right a, a thing where you have you know it's not the bands back together. Let's go play at uh you know, and I know that like casinos support us around here, but like it, they're not going to play it. Like it's not it's not Journey going to play at uh you know insert the, whatever casino. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it feels new. They they have there's a there's a certain energy level about it that doesn't. It's not taking you back to 2000 it just happens to be the same guys and a same vibe about it i I don't know how to explain that no no i know what you mean like it it does it feels different like you have new faces and you have new ideas and those sort of things but there's still a comfort amongst these guys like they you know for example i it's it's such a i wonder how kale gundy feels about the dynamic of I coached Jeff Levy, and now Jeff Levy is, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, his boss as the offensive coordinator. So it's kind of funny how that stuff works out. But I agree with you completely. Like, there is a familiarity, but it's not the same thing. And I don't think there's a better example than when we talk about how big the support staff is, and then you flip and see, um, oh, our our guy uh, on uh, Reed Lindsay tweeting on i think it was monday about you know trying to uh contact his family and give them his best wishes after the workout with schmitty like he so there is that that old time like oh these guys are going to work hard in the summer but at the same time there's a little bit more i don't know family i don't don't know how you want to put it but there there is a connectivity that's a little different let me ask you about the guys that were close to committing how much like how much is it talked about or even is it out in the open like yeah i would have committed but i want to be able to take visits like how much has that been i guess discussed is that something that is openly talked about by the staff uh is that like almost like a barrier that is a very real out there that isn't talked about 
That that's a great question. It's one that when I when I kind of follow up along those lines, guys either kind of duck it or they don't quite like I haven't gotten a firm answer to okay, <laughs> so that's why you haven't committed, right? Like I, I haven't right. gotten anybody to say it on those terms. But uh, you know, it, just looking at it and when I talk to these guys, I mean that that's a crazy thing. I have talked to guys in years past that did commit at events like this that weren't as excited as the guys who did not commit. So I, I think there's I, I, part of me thinks the policy is part of this. The other part of me thinks this is almost like a balancing of the scales. So from 2020 and 2021, guys, we talked about it on this pod for two years, how a lot of those kids got robbed of their official visits and just immediately jumped on the train. And, you know, last spring, like spring of 2021, everyone went crazy with commitments and it was all so hurried and everybody was, it, it, everything was just accelerated because everybody was like, well, what if COVID shuts everything down again? I feel like everybody's come back to normal and rather than being in drive, they're kind of in neutral. Like everybody's kind of like, oh, we got time. Like we're not going to rush this. I saw this guy rush at the la- in the 2022 class or that guy in 21. He w- he told me he wished he had gotten to take all of his visits. I'm going to take all of mine because there are some guys that right now, like I, I mentioned Anthony Hill. It's going to be a huge upset if Anthony Hill is not at Texas A&M next year. At the same time, he wants to take a few more trips. Like, I feel like if this was two years ago, he'd already be on board. So it's just a little different. Like I said, I think it's a balancing of the scales where these guys are kind of learning from their predecessors. Okay, you don't have to rush. It's okay. Because these are all elite guys. Schools are going to wait for them. Um, but I, I, at the same time, I don't think it's all that. I think there's absolutely some element of when we can't take any more visits, we're not ready to commit. I got to admit, I got a little uh, upset with uh, Eddie talking about Journey as a casino band. Then I went well, and looked the at their ones that I could I, think of. I went to uh, look at their tour schedule, and they basically just do a residency in Vegas now. So, I, well, I'm gonna so upset gonna some lie. people. I can't stand Journey. I have no love for Journey. That dude needs to stay in South Detroit. I'm so sick of that damn song. I hate it so much. <laughs> it, 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 that, it, Born I, and raised in South Detroit, yeah. Yeah, he can just keep his happy ass there. She can do whatever See, she wants to do. See, that's our generational gap. That was that was big in junior high dance. Uh, that, like, got you the girls. So mm-hmm. you had to like mm-hmm. Journey if you're my age. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if there's a good positive connection like that, I think of – I had a so buddy – you just never started believing. You don't have to stop. No, I, I do not. I, nope. I ne- will never say – Never believed. I will say – I, I It's distasteful because Steve Perry was there – uh, singing Don't Stop Leaving uh, in between innings of the World Series when San Francisco played the Royals, but he's not in Journey anymore. They found someone better. So they, the little, um, what is he? Uh, where is that country where he's from? Oh, Arnel yeah. Pinea, that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. He's like, uh, uh, not, not Panamanian. Um, he's a... Uh, it's, it's a country with a P. Pelopin- yeah. Not Peloponnesia. I always say that. Phil, uh, Philippines. Filipino. Yeah, he's a Filipino, yeah. little mm-hmm. Filipino guy. And he's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I hate, like, I am, uh, I don't know if 
you guys have seen basketball from the South Park oh, guys yeah. years it. ago when they, they worked in all the Steve Perry bagging. Like, yeah, I love that. But I, I will never deny Steve Perry can sing his ass off or could at his best. Yeah. But and so can this dude. Um, I just I hate this. Like, it's one of those songs like, do we have to play it everywhere? Like, I've heard it at weddings. I've heard it at, uh, you know, our, like it plays every, baseball games, football games. Like, really? Like, this is the ubiquitous song that can play in any <laughs> setting. I mean, screw all of y'all. I, I'm uh, like Eddie said, I'm not believing. I was never a believer. Nope. I'm out. Josh was a separate ways type of guy. By well, the way, I think Neil Schoen played the national anthem on his guitar for the second Warriors uh Celtics game. Which he's got he's got that old man uh shoe polish black hair, which is just gross. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to sidetrack. Just no, no, I did it. It's my fault. I, I I took us down the journey path. I apologize. Was there anybody that came in over the weekend and maybe we'll just stick to the 26 official visitors. Uh, was there anybody that came in and you didn't think that, Oh, you, it was, it was basically just a trip to be taking it that they left. And now you go, Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe we're going to take this more seriously. I, I know the exact guy I'm thinking of. It's Dalen Smothers, the running back, um, a guy that I did not see. OU having any real chance with, uh, for those that don't know, kid out of Charlotte, North Carolina, top 175 guy in the latest updated rivals rankings um i I talked to dale and and i i want to say i was so convinced that ou was not really a contender i had just kind of relied on our regional guys to provide like very summary updates on what was going on and that kind of stuff i just i hadn't gotten invested in his recruitment and when you know when ou makes almost 200 offers like i can't know them all so i kind of have to make executive decisions and I hadn't been that invested in him. And when I talked to him on Sunday, he was just like amazing. The, the whole thing was incredible. Like he may have gushed more than anybody not named Peyton Kirkland would, would maybe be the way I would say that. Peyton Kirkland loved it. And we, we can get into that if we want to. But um, he is a very talented back, great vision. Uh, one of OU's earlier offers at the position. And I, you know, he's a guy that seems pretty open. Like I don't get the feeling that like, Kind of like I said with Anthony Hill, like OU's fighting a, a battle. I'm not sure they can win. Dalen Smothers doesn't feel that way, even though he's in North Carolina. Uh, obviously, a lot of currency for Brent Venables and those guys from Clemson in the state of North Carolina. They've recruited the hell out of that state while he was at Clemson. So there's a lot of people they know. There's a lot of connection there. And, I, I mean, if OU's not in his top two or three, I would be very surprised. Now, I don't know that he'll come out and say that, but I, there's no question, just talking to him, OU, you know, is a very real target for him. And, Kerry, you you may have to, you know, buy me a plane ticket for Charlotte, North Carolina at some point this year. So, you know, tough break, buddy. I mean, it's your money, too. I've told you this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean. You're just hurting I, yourself. It, I know. It Like, it makes it easier for me if I just think of it as Kerry's money. I'm like, it's it's Kerry's. I'm not spending anything of my own. But, yep, it, it bites me in the ass, too. So, that's uh, it, it's a mental game You're I just play with myself. Killing nil deals, that's all. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants those. I definitely didn't get any questions about those in the board chat. Like, who's going to be the next nil? <laughs> and speaking of, I, I wanted to say it earlier, but I didn't get around to it. Jocelyn Allo, like, two, if it was two years from now, is there any question we would have had something going with her? Like, a hundred percent, right? Like, there's no question. 
She's a. She might be too big for us. I mean, she's almost a You're national right. brand. Tom Brady You're was right. in her DMs after the game. I, mean, I know she's blown up. That's I mean, I hope awesome. she's making a lot of money by and the time the she deserves over. it she too. Yeah. She's the greatest athlete, arguably in OU athletics history. Not just softball. Not just women's sports. Uh, and she'd maybe be one on of the Mount best ever play the game. Literally play the game of college softball. I'd support her before that gym. tennis player that's not really any good. That's all moody all the time. Who? There's a moody tennis player? I didn't know about this. The one that like pulled out of the French Open that one year because she didn't want to oh, talk to the media. Uh, Osaka? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I... She's more marketing than player, I think. I mean, she's really good. I think she was the number one player there for a while, but... I don't know that we're stepping in Bob's territory. I don't want to talk to. Yeah, Bob's not here to defend anybody, <laughs> right? Or Guys, to back I, me up. And I, I do want to say I'm really excited. And this is not Eric Bailey. You know, a confirmed listener of the. I, I love the angle he's covered with the Mike White Oregon, but I am dying to hear the. Well, this is going to give Jocelyn Allo extra juice for the final three games of her softball career, like or, or mm-hmm. college career, like. Stop it. Stop it. Stop this, this it, is... Eric. Josh commands you to stop. No, 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 no. Eric's not going to do it. We 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 he joked a little about bit about it last week. Like, he wrote it, and it was a great story. Absolutely interesting. What w- was into it. It's a great angle. So are you saying this is a Josh Jacobs type situation? Yes. Yeah, someone's going to create a bullshit Somebody narrative that she's going to be more motivated because Mike White turned her down. And, like, don't get me Wasn't wrong. was she 13 I'm... at the time? Yeah. Like... It, I, softball recruiting is baffling to me. I don't know how they do it with the efficiency they do it, like when they recruit players as young as they do. But I mean, it seems like, I mean, just the little bit I know, I'm not an expert at all. It seems like 100%. Patty was a little late to the party. I mean, if she had already committed to Cal to kind of spite Oregon and then Patty came mm-hmm. in, like after she had committed to two different places... But, of course, she doesn't have to go out and offer 13-year-olds unless they're just no-brainers. Yeah. I mean, but that's, like I said, that, that I mean, OU's class of, like, 15-year-old girls, I'm sure is half full already. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I, that's not even exaggerated. That's just how crazy softball recruiting is. It's, I, I can't imagine, like, if I ever had to get into that world where I'm, like, covering it. Well, you realize like, that if we'd start a softball recruiting division, you're responsible for it, right? So yes, I it's up to you. You were going to hire James Hale, and I'm <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm and I'm going to have to. Well, I mean, th- this I, I'm going to have to call and be like, "Can I speak to your father? Let me talk to your father first, because I'm not sure you even know proper phone etiquette yet. So let let's get this out of the way, and then I'll talk to him for the first three years before you can, you know, drive a car." So it, you know, that's a, that would be really weird. I, I don't even know how you'd navigate that and not feel incredibly awkward. I, I feel awkward about things I have to do. Like when I'm like talk, you know, talking about like freshmen or sophomores, I'm like, they haven't even played varsity yet. But for a kid that's like in middle school, like, and may have a year or two left to go of middle school, that's, that's too creepy for words. Yeah. People, Gosh, I think we- People don't understand. Like, it tri- one thing that triggers Bob is like when he sees like a twenty twenty six kid on campus that's like a quarterback visiting, mm-hmm. and then he shows us like the tweet, and we all like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that. I mean, <clears throat> and I, 
I wish more people had like let 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 them play a game of varsity. Just like the old Bob Stoops rule, can't talk to them until they've played. Like just leave them be until they've played a game of varsity football. I mean, like, Josh, it, you got to screw around with people with the Jinx uh, quarterback that you knew the news was going to drop. Man, people got mad. They were really mad at you. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, "What's happening?" Like, you were clickbaiting them. They thought I. It was just I was My like, I know when you they say you're clickbaiting without literally <laughs> giving yeah, them anything I didn't to send click you on. anywhere. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter does not pay me. I'm not an influencer. Now, if Eddie does it to you, maybe, but. Twitter gives me, but nothing. I will say, I mean, so. it's like it's like one of those things. I mean, you get high school jinx fans, like, and you yep. say, "I know something you don't know," which is essentially what you did. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. Like, I don't know how I, you could figure out that that was going to go over well. I because I was just like, "Wow, this is interesting." I I got it and was in in no way given the right to report it. Like, it was just like, "Whoa, that's really okay. That that's awesome. That's crazy." For I, I guess we should talk to some of the people that that are listening and have no idea what we're talking about. Jinx, um, two weeks ago, lost Shaker Rising to Tulsa Union, which is a move, I mean... Uh, Since in shockwaves the world football, around the yeah, city of Tulsa. Yeah, it'd be like if Caleb Williams went to Texas. Like, I mean, that that is, on the high school level, that's the kind of thing you're talking about here. This is, that's like blood oath Total betrayal. It's, yeah, that, that's crazy. And I, I mean, I don't know the circumstances. I'm not down on Shaker for it at all. I don't know. But, I mean, okay, I know some of the circumstances, and I kind of get <laughs> Again, some of it. But I like, know something you the, don't know, and I won't tell you. I, I, I think there was some question of how Shaker Isaac wasn't the full-time starter, is, is the impression I've been given talking to people. Um, so, you know. That but, makes sense, yeah. But regardless, Jinx has now replaced him with a – Another incoming freshman, which for you know those that don't know, Rising took them to state championship last year as a freshman. Now they have another freshman coming in. I literally, when that news broke, they're like, "What's the big deal? He's just a freshman." I'm like, "Did you watch Shaker Rising last year? Like he had no problem taking Jinx to a state championship. This kid has offers from like A and M, Florida State. I mean, he by the offer list, he's well ahead of Shaker Rising." And now he's coming in as a freshman. You're going to tell me that kid can't help? And his dad, I mean, like people say, oh, he's a crazy story. Yeah. His dad played on the 90s state championship jinx teams, was the quarterback of those teams. So it's not like this guy's just some hired gun. Like he knows about jinx. He knows what it is. I, I wouldn't write any of it off. So it is, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, like I said, I can't, I can't wait to see jinx union. Union looked outstanding when I saw them this spring. Um, if this kid can come along for Jinx, they're really good outside at the skill positions. Um, you know, Adam Gaylor will work magic on that defense. He literally always does at Jinx. I, the, is there, I, I would be hard-pressed to believe there are many better high school matchups than Adam Gaylor at Jinx and Dub Maddox at Union. Those are two really smart guys that know each other pretty well going head to head like that that would be fun just to like i don't know i mean a f- football nerd out moment here but just like listening to them go through their calls and what they're thinking and how they imagine prepare because like i said they know each other imagine how good that staff would be if they coached together yep hmm. that wouldn't wouldn't be bad wouldn't be bad um but yeah so i mean there it's a um i said uh, 681 
It may only be the cream of the crop yet again, but man, there there's going to be some fun battles up there. Owasso, I mean, Bill Blankenship hadn't gone anywhere. He's gonna he's gonna have something to say about it. Bixby now, I mean, six eight one's going to be a, now involved in all, in the yeah. party as well. Six eight one's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, that, that Tulsa area every week is going to have a must see game. And you got our really people good. from Quick Trip that lined up the Owasso Bixby pre you know game in the in the. Uh, Beginning of the be season awesome. is going to be awesome. Just for the like the inside baseball story there too of the Owasso quarterback going to start for Bixby next year. So it, mm-hmm. there's storylines all over the place. Uh, before we get out of here, Josh, uh, let's hit on uh, what's upcoming and why you're coming to town. Uh, but Brent, uh, the type of we camps got the commitment he's getting ready to have. as well. Uh, oh, the Keon commitment Brown from yeah. last week. I know that mm-hmm. we hit on him at the beginning of uh, last week's pod. He, it was kind of like the new name because he had just camped. Yes, Josh. Okay, so no, I, so let's go commitment, and then we'll go to what's coming sure, up this weekend. Sure. No, with um, with Keon Brown, I mean, he's a guy we talked about him like like Eddie said on last week's pod, and I was blown away. He was not a kid I knew anything about. Um, I knew his his buddy that had come down with him, Jordan Pride. Um, when I'd heard they both showed up, I thought, oh man, Pride, I got to go see him, and that was really the main reason I went over to watch the wide receivers and DBs. And in spite of a really good D-line group that was David Stone and Zadavian Sims and all those guys, I walked over to see that matchup, and Brown was unbelievable. I mean, this is a guy that is 6'2 and a half, 6'3", um, runs really well, real physical at the line of scrimmage. He's not a guy that you're going to press and bump around. He is, uh, you know, just a... Um, Body type carry reminds me, and I made the comparison in the commitment breakdown to Travis Wilson a little bit at the same age, mm. like big, strong, sturdy guy, um, runs well, not like elite, you know, he's not Marquise Brown on the outside or anything, but he can absolutely go really quick, change of direction, kind of, uh, is a guy that loves that Euro step. Like he'll love to bring it one way and then cut back the other way, uh, real violently. So it, it, he's fun to watch a good guy in the return game. So I, you know, people have made, you know, kind of asked me, Hey, where, where does this trade, you know, essentially if he and Ashton Kozart, where do you come out? And I would say I would probably have Brown a little ahead because I think he's more college ready with his body type. I think he's played a little better competition level there in South Florida, excuse me, in, in central Florida. Um, and, um, it, like I said, Kozart still is going to need a lot of development and all that sort of thing. And, I just, I like this kid a lot, and I like that he was willing to come up camp, try to earn his offer, really kind of wanted to come in and show himself. And I mean, you know, we got a, we only got, I think, two or three clips of him, but there's, he's one of those guys you didn't need to watch a lot to be like, that, that dude's special. He might be the best player here. And again, when you're talking about a camp that had, you know, over the course of two days, probably 10 guys, 10, 15 guys, four stars or higher, and he's a three star that may have been the best of them all, that's, that's something. So uh, this is a good get for Oklahoma. I I have yet to track the guy down. I'm still working on it. We didn't have a phone number, so I'm kind of working through it. But he is a, um, uh, like I said, he's going to be one of those interesting guys to follow because while he picked up the OU offer, quit, uh, committed pretty quickly, I don't know if he kind of you know got read the, the rules of commitment. I'm sure he probably did at the time of his commitment. Um, Did he understand what he's doing, basically? Exactly. But, I mean, you know, this is a kid that after he went to OU, he went to Alabama and picked up an offer. He already held a Florida State offer. He's, you know, uh, he's a local kid. 
So there were things that, you know, make you think like, I, I, I guess he just was ready and knew what he was going to do. But at the same time, it all happened so quick. He's from outside of the area. It makes you wonder a little bit. But I, like I said, until we talk to him, I, I'm not going to have a great feel for it. But I, I would be shocked if OU took that commitment and didn't say, hey, this is what we expect. All right. Um, anything else oh, we need to get out there? Uh, just this weekend. Yeah. Um, it, it should be should be a pretty good camp. I think the the Friday session is probably going to be the better of what I've seen so far. But, I mean, in both groups, a lot of really good 2024, 2025 guys. Um, a <clears throat> a big-time uh, defensive end from Georgia, King Joseph Edwards, is coming in. He's a Rivals 250 guy in the 2024 class. He's going to be there. Ryan Grayson, the big-time DB from Beggs. Um, our first chance to – or, well, my first chance. I know Eddie has seen him, but it's my first chance to see him live. Uh, Edwin Spillman is expected to be there, a 2024 linebacker uh, from the southeast that is that is coming in. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Brett Young, a 2025 linebacker that is a Clemson legacy that obviously knows you know Brent and those guys through that, it will be kind of interesting to see what becomes of that. You'd have to think if Clemson gets involved, that's probably what he does. But you know, this is, he is a linebacker. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of affinity and connection with Ted Roof and Brent Venables. So we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I, it should be another solid camp. I would expect that we see, you know, kind of like last week with probably three or four offers coming out of each day where there's going to be some names, because again, what I've got is what I've been able to confirm, but with Oklahoma really just scouring 2023, 2024, 2025, and really doing it nationwide, there's going to be some guys that come in that I'm not prepared for that just kind of like the Samaj Pierre kid that I talked about last week that just come in and put on a show. All right. I think uh, – did we lose Eddie? Is he on his way to Norman? No, I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Uh-huh. The, the crazy thing about the camping and stuff is just seeing the guys that actually went through it. I think that, like – you know, over the last couple of years, the camp setting has just be, kind of become a thing where you go out there, but you don't really get a whole lot out of it, per se. I mean, and I, I think maybe this year more so, too, just because it seems like they're trying to do a more, uh, I don't know, like evaluation of guys. I, it, it just seemed like last year there was or, you know, with the previous regime, there were so many guys that it's like this guy's a really good football player. Like Eric McCarty's a perfect example of somebody that. It didn't matter if he came and camped. It didn't matter what happened. They just weren't going to offer him. And, you know, I, I think Venables in this group, they're they're more aimed to go get a guy that they truly believe is a, a really good football player over somebody that fits a measurable. And I like that. Uh, I think, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> geez. There's, there's a happy meeting between, like, going yes. after every five-star and failing and then going and trying to get, like, I know that the, there's some people that are upset about how he's recruiting right now. They're like, well, they're only worried about three stars. It's like they're worried about football players. Yeah. And I think that there's like a happy medium between, you know, obviously recruiting at that elite level and then also finding those quote unquote diamonds in the rough. There, I feel like, and it, it shouldn't surprise anybody with what we've talked about and what we've heard Brent talk about all along that there is more allowance for, yeah. Okay. If we've got 25, 20 needs to be 
the kind of guys that would live on any roster from Alabama to Ohio State or Clemson. Yeah, they're going to have to be those guys. But there is a little wiggle room with this group in the that dude's just a really damn good football player. He's going to buy into what we want to be in the locker room. Like he's going to be, and I, I know people hate that stuff, but that stuff matters when culture is such an important thing that you're trying to push. You've got to have guys that care about it, that want to be there. And guys, I mean, we all know Brent Venables doesn't want to live in the transfer portal. So having some guys that buy in and that are part of the program and that want to be there for four or five years, even if maybe they're not the superstar on the roster, that's meaningful to him. Like that holds some value more so than I think it would have under Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and it also, you know, in terms of transfer portal, he's built his program. You talk about the soul mission, you talk about all the support. Like he's trying to support the guys that are there so they do grow. And that he has, you know, rosters full of fourth and fifth year seniors that, you know, want to be there that, you know, that, that are supported that don't get, you know, upset and turn and run to the portal every time something bad happens. So he set yeah. it all up to be that way. Absolutely. I mean, I, retention is going to be their goal. Like, yeah. I, it, it's not going to be a... Now, and again... I really, mean, it's talk built about into that. his program, retention is. Yep. Yep. And that's that's what they're going to believe in. And I think that's why you're going to see OU be... Um, you know, that that's why this whole thing with the commitment policy, like, it all fits together when you look at it from a thousand feet. When it's narrow, it you're like, well, why would you do that when you could do this? They want guys that are bought in. Like, not just, oh, I committed there to hold a spot. Like, I I went there because I thought that was the best option for me. And, oh, you didn't pressure me into making a decision. So, two years down the road, when they're sweating to death in June with Schmitty, they can still have that, you know, like, if they want to go in and they're talking about transfer, and Brent can be like, you saw all those places. You knew all the other options you had. You thought this was best for you. You know, don't lose sight of that because today was really hard. All right. Uh, I know Eddie's got to get uh, down to Norman to uh, get down here to talk to some baseball players before they take off for Blacksburg for their uh, Super Regional. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this rest of this week watching the uh, College World Series and uh, the, uh, the the Super Regionals. So uh, Texas, Oklahoma both make it. Oklahoma State did not. So um, that was a wild, wild week at O'Brate as well. So uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch it. Looking forward to seeing more. And uh, good luck to all you guys uh, rooting on the Sooners uh, to, to bring it home in softball, especially uh, over Texas, which is just incredible that these two teams are playing for a national championship. So um, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week to uh, give you some more information on the camps. Don't forget, SoonerScoopStore.com. Head down to the store right now to ship out some new orders. So uh, the uh, the trucker hat black trucker hats officially sold out as of this morning uh, but those will be back in uh, very soon and let you guys know uh, through social media when those are back so thanks to everybody for supporting uh, the the podcast supporting uh, the site supporting the uh, building of the new offices with shopping at SoonerScoopStore.com. we certainly appreciate appreciate you uh, continuing to do that especially with father's day coming up uh, great uh, if your dad's a big pod listener it'd be a great gift to get him uh, a nice hat from SoonerScoopStore.com. So uh, thanks to Dead Soxie. Thanks to all you guys. We'll be back again next week for another Gary, edition. Yes, Eddie. I know that I I, I did. Want, I know we're running out of time and I got to go, but I did want to pass along my condolences about the uh, Crisley family. Oh, Todd God. And Julie going, uh, going to, uh, they're headed to prison. 
for tax evasion. So I I did want to pass along my. I mean, that, I read I the article last night. It. It's it's a little even more than tax evasion. It's basically ripping banks off. I mean, <laughs> maybe the most what, unsurprising, surprising what thing a of all time. Scumbag family they are. I mean, I love them though. I want to. Like, I used to enjoy that show. It just got out. it just I, got to be too I much. I want to watch more. I want to watch more of the show now. Do they? Does the hot daughter take over the empire now? I think she has to, but now she's a whore. Is she a whore now? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she was the whole time. It was all a ruse. I mean, there was obviously a fake family from the beginning. Oh, 100%. Still question whether they, he even I'm likes women. I'm surprised that Todd didn't just blame it on his mom, send her to prison so he could be free. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Chrisleys are quite a fan. Atlanta, right? Or did they did they have to leave Atlanta, like run away or something? Uh, I mean, I, I think like the show was based in Atlanta. I think that that's where they were. So, yeah. I don't know. All right, but I just wanted to get that in there. R.I.P. Chrisley family. R.I.P. Basically, yes. Uh, all right, uh, we'll see you guys next week on another edition of the unofficial forty podcast from SoonerScoop.com.